This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am super stoked to be here with each and every one of you. The baseball season is about 10% old. Major League Baseball, every team's played roughly like 16 to 17 games, depending on how their schedule has broken out. The Chicago White Sox have been trash. The Chicago Cubs have actually been pretty good. We're going to do this show off the script today because I have a very special guest, somebody who has become a close internet friend over the last couple years. He is the 108 tournament champion of the year 2022. He is the inventor of Cue the Motherfucking Blues Brothers. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Knights. Brian, how's it going, pal? I'm wonderful. How are you, Vinny? Very, very good. You've had a very interesting last couple of weeks, eh? It's been a it's been a fun ride, that's for sure. But we're uh, we're officially back home as of about ten o'clock this morning, and uh, it's it's good to be back. But I'm a road dog. I wish I was still out there. Very good. You are a road dog. I was have I was super having so much fun keeping up with it. We'll touch on that in just a second. You made it one round further than me in the 108 tournament this year. You came up just short. I, who do who did you lose to? Did you lose to Summer George? You Summer George, Summer George who was the champion right before you, right? So obviously some great competition there. I lost to Celeste, who was just on an absolute heater. Yeah, this she's year. a wagon. She's and a you wagon. You narrowly her. beat her. You narrowly yeah. beat her en route to winning, right? Correct. That is correct. Yeah, I got to step up my game next year. You know what sucked this year? I got really sick. I'm talking like throw up, flu, sick. Ooh. The week of the 108 tournament. And That's I a bad time. And I had a good showing. Sure. I thought I had a good showing when I was healthy, and then I got sick, and I had no chance against Celeste when she was pumping yeah. out videos every ten seconds. Yeah, you got to be a hundred and ten percent to take down her. That's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, was it the Pepper Trail 2.0 that you just got back from? Is that what we were calling? It was it? Tell me uh, a little bit about it. It was it was the Road Dog Bucket Boy Mississippi Delta College Baseball Pepper Trail 1.0. It was absolutely incredible. We uh, we spent the night in Memphis, went out on Beale Street. We were like the only people there, but it was a great time nonetheless. And then uh, the plan was Friday night, Mississippi State, and then Saturday night, Nashville. But Mississippi State was just too much goddamn fun. We could not leave. So we stayed, and it was, it was unbelievable. It's my favorite place on earth now. Okay, really quick. Have you ever been to Nashville? No, I have not. Okay, Nashville. Nashville, I've been to twice. Neither of them were sports-related, and most of my trips are sports-related. Actually, no, the first one was sports-related. I went to NIU versus Vanderbilt. I'm an idiot, but we spent more time on Broadway, so it didn't feel like one. You had to be having a shit ton of fun to say, oh, Nashville, not for me right now. Yeah, 
Starkville's where it's at. It's it's unbelievable. It's like the baseball experience on its own is an indescribable time. And then, I mean, what we were doing post game, just at a bar with Dak Prescott and hanging out, and it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Even when we were just back at the house with Fireball Jay, I mean, it was unbelievable. You you, you couldn't. It's impossible to explain it in a way where anyone would understand. You just have to go down there. You have to go in the rigs, and you got to just do it because it's it's indescribable and it's that much fun. Like it's it's unbelievable. I know what Dak Prescott told you guys about our quarterback, but why don't you tell the folks at home that are mo- most of our following on this show is Chicago fans, and the Barroom Network is mostly a. It started as a Chicago Bears program network, so. Tell the people, what did Dak Prescott, the star quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, tell you? An alleged Mississippi State source uh, may or may not be named Dak Prescott. I asked him, I said, as a Chicago guy, I got to know, is Justin Fields the guy? And he said, Justin Fields is the guy. So, Justin Fields is the guy we have a quarterback, place your Super Bowl futures, place your MVP futures. The Bears are back. There you go. Bears are back because Dak Prescott is totally the guy that I always want to trust when it comes to everything and anything quarterback related for sure. It was a great time. He was buying Miller light buckets. Like I, I love the guy now. That's my he's outside Justin Fields. Dak Prescott is my quarterback. Okay. I'm taking him in fantasy next year, third round. And then I'll take fields as my backup in the last round. I'm just great kidding. Point. I don't, I don't draft a backup. Um, Brian, College baseball, not very popular here in the Midwest. You go to the South and college rules everything. You know, you talk about Alabama and Auburn and, you know, the entire SEC program. Why is college baseball so cool? Like, what what were some of your experiences that make it something that maybe someone from the Midwest might want to check out? uh, That was, like, my first real college baseball experience. Like, I've been to, like, the UIC games and, like, the meaningless ones. But you go down there to, like, Starkville – where it's legit all they have. Like, everyone there, everyone down there is, like, a Braves fan, but, like, they're not, like, if the Braves are on the TV, cool, but, like, if not, nobody really gives a shit. College baseball, Mississippi State baseball, is their number one sport. Like, here we could be like, all right, I'm a White Sox fan, I'm a Bears fan, I'm a, I'm a Blackhawks fan. You could rank them. There, Mississippi State baseball is one, and it's all they care about. They have 46,000 people in that stadium. Over the three days we were there, they set the single game record and they set the weekend long record that weekend. And it was them and Ole Miss, both teams that are at the bottom of the rankings in the SEC. And they just, it's unbelievable. And they're so passionate, and everyone there is so nice. And they make some damn good food, and the beers are cold. It, It doesn't get any better. So you say Mississippi State and Ole Miss, they're at the bottom of the ranking. Wasn't Ole Miss like really good last year? Or is, are they Ole Miss expected? Won, so, so Mississippi State two years ago won the national championship yeah. in 2021. Ole Miss won the national championship last year. This year they both suck. But it was, was that expected? Was in, it was, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not dialed into college baseball. Now I am. Hail State. I'm a Mississippi <laughs> State fan for the rest of my life. I don't care. Go Bulldogs. Did you meet Brandon Walker? I did. How was he? He's a good guy. Good guy. He's he's exactly what you expect. Uh, that that's interesting. I, he followed he followed me back, so he's he's my guy. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. He the my only interaction with him, he threatened to block me one time, and then he let because he said, and I have video proof of it. He said that he thought Florida. This was like three years ago. He thought Florida had no shot 
at winning the SEC, and it was when Kyle Trask was coming in and they had pits. Um, yeah. And then he said he didn't say that and threatened to block me, and he let old takes exposed determine my future, whether or not I got blocked or not. <laughs> and old things exposed had my back but it, it was it was all in good fun but yeah uh, i like brandon very, very nice man family man very firm southern handshake it was a pleasure meeting him very cool now what was it like to go on a road trip with carl who i wanted to get on this show for the longest time i've had white Sox dave i'd had chief i i can't get carl i love carl he's a baseball guy it's kind of odd that like of all the chicago guys the Cubs guy is the one that has been my favorite follow over the last couple of years as a White Sox fan myself. You know that, but I mean, as a I White Sox fan, my, my closest relationship is with the Cubs guy. It's weird, but it yeah. makes no sense, but like, he's my fucking dude. I love him. What was he like on this trip? It had to be cool talking baseball it was a, with him. It was a crowd. I mean, on the way down there, uh, shout out Posnaski. We listened to his book. He was ranking the, uh, top 100 baseball players of all time. And it was, he'd do like 20 minutes on like every guy and like say just outrageous stories that you've never heard before. He like dove deep into like random guys from like the Negro leagues that you've never heard of before in your life and just incredible stories, incredible stats. And he ranked all, he ranked them all. So we listened to the entire thing. It was, that's what, what was the majority of our road trip listening. And uh, it was a great time. I mean, you you saw the content it was oh yeah what, what you saw in the content is what we were doing like there we didn't we didn't hide anything that was the road trip we grinded out the 20 plus hours we spent in the car uh a lot of red bulls a lot of 20 ounce red bulls were flowing um yeah it's it's that's pretty much it but it was it was a good time and i can't wait to do it again I'm not going to lie. It makes me a psychopath too. I enjoy a good 20 ounce Red Bull every now and again. I can't act like oh. I'm the only one. Like I'm, a, I'm definitely not opposed to those. I got, I got these little 8.4 guys. Cause they sell that giant pack at Costco. But like when I'm going to class in the morning, uh, three of these at least. Absolutely. Um, really quick. And then we'll start talking about this dreadful baseball team that we cheer for. Uh, what was the best thing you had to eat on your trip to, you know, the Ooh. South? Uh, in Memphis, we had some ribs and catfish. That was pretty good. But so like in the, in the outfield there at Mississippi state, it's, you get, you get in like four hours early and then everyone has like these, like you have your own little like area and it's like a concrete pad. And then you have like three sets of bleachers. It's like, you have like six each or something, but everyone just stands. Everyone just has a good time. You pack the shit out of it. And everyone has like 30 smoke. Everyone has a smoker or a grill or something. And just the entire Entire outfield, you just see smoke going up because everyone's grilling. So uh, we had our guy Frog. He made us hot dogs. Those were pretty solid. Uh, some grilled pineapple from him as well. Uh, the guys next to us made Bloomin' Bologna, so they, like, cut it up. So when they, they smoked it, it, like, fell apart like a Bloomin' Onion. That was delicious. Uh, but the best thing we had was night one, Friday night. Our guy Michael Burner and Fireball J that we were down there with, they had a chef in, in the thing with us. And he was whipping up red snapper tacos at a baseball game on you. You could have touched the warning track from where this guy was cooking the red snapper tacos. And they were incredible. I did a review. It's on Twitter. I did a review of the taco. It blows your dick off. It's unbelievably good. That sounds really good. Something that I would absolutely love to try a red snapper taco. I'm going to get down to Mississippi state. I'm really the, your whole trip with Carl and you know following along all that because i've been to atlanta i've been to the battery where the braves play and all that and i i really like like the southern sports experience it's a lot different than here in the midwest yeah. it's a lot more like die hard like 
what are we going to do to make this like a full on experience rather than just go to the game and then go home. And, you know, so that's what I like about it. But our team here in Chicago, there's no way I'd rather start talking about them with you specifically is the Andrew Vaughn fucking rakes club. He finally hit his first home run of the season yesterday. I was there to see it. And it was like pretty cool. Cause Trey Turner just hit his first of the season longer than you would expect for that guy to hit a home run yeah. in a season. Same thing for Andrew Vaughn one inning later. What have you made outside of the lack of power per se? Would you say about Andrew Vaughn to start this season? I mean, he's been on base for 18 straight games. The Andrew Vaughn fucking rakes club. I mean, he's the most consistent productive guy this team has and whether it's – if we want to talk about it, it was his first home run of the season. Nobody on this team outside of Luis Robert and Jake Berger are hitting home runs. So it's not a big deal. We, we had the power outage last season. Uh, uh, that's clearly carrying over this year. So if uh, that's Andrew Vaughn's first, that's fine. He's going to hit 20. He's going to hit 25. I'm not worried about it. But he's getting on base. He's giving us a chance to win. But we only score runs in one of nine innings every game. So it's, it's not a recipe for success. Success. And how do you feel about the other Andrew on the team, Andrew Benintendi, off to a slow start power-wise, obviously, but nobody's really expecting yeah, he's not too much power, power from him. But, you know, he had a tough start otherwise as well. Yeah, I mean, he's adjusting. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. But, I mean, the whole team stinks right now. So it's, it's hard, to, hard to be like Andrew Benintendi is why we suck. Like, the entire team is brutal. Yeah. And are, are you like out on the team as a whole for 2023 though? Like where, like I know we're in April, but like uh, no, they got gonna, the raise. I'm, I'm going to talk myself into it just like I did last year. I'm going to every, like they'll win like four straight and I'll be like, we're back. And then they'll lose six and I'll be like, oh, we're dead again. I'll do that whole cycle again because I'm a madman and I have mental problems and the white Sox are the cause of all those. Yeah, for sure. Um, this pitching staff has been tough to watch. I would say for, a majority of the season so far obviously dylan cease is an absolute beast every single game he goes out there and shoves his most recent game was his worst start and he only gave up what like two runs i think two earned runs and then two extra were yeah. unearned or something, something crazy like that and then the bullpen is just flat out bad but you know is there any sign of light for you on the pitching staff like besides dylan cease like maybe the way giolito's pitched the last two games yeah. or something like that yeah i was gonna say just how giolito looked uh that was yesterday, right? How Giolito looked yesterday. I mean, that absolutely lights. Not yesterday, two days ago. Two days My ago. days are all jumbled. I'm a road dog. They, they all blend together. Um, but Giolito, he's looking sharp. It's just night game Giolito and day game Giolito are completely different humans. Um, so outside of season Giolito, it's it's tough. Uh, you, you can kind of spin it with Lance Lynn. You could say he settled in nicely as long as he can figure out that first inning then he could be he could be all right but it's we don't have the the uh the depth to survive all five of these guys in the rotation not being at least serviceable you call garrett crochet a naughty naughty boy and he is a naughty naughty naughty, dirty a naughty fella that's what it is you gotta be pretty pumped about him coming back because i honestly think the talent on that guy is unbelievable if he could come back from the tommy you know feeling good about himself i think the sky's the limit that's why I, that's why I'm kind of not they're the White Sox are dead but I haven't put the toe tag on them they're not in the morgue yet they're just chilling in the basement next to the fish tank just dead on the couch right now yeah so Garrett Crochet coming back Liam Hendricks coming back Tim Anderson coming back Yo Mikado if he comes back what's going on with his back like is he not back is he back he's got a sore back I don't know what's going on so we get them back 
and go on a run, it's possible. But we need to survive this month, and it's not looking pretty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, Garrett Crochet. I mean, it. I I don't see how he's going to push to be a to to be a starter. And I think uh, with the way the rotation looks, he, he's earned that right. So just see if it works. I mean, yeah, I'll have to spend more time in AAA to figure that out. But this year, do the Kopech plan. Uh, make make him a reliever again this year. Have him be lights out. And then uh, next year you start the the grind towards getting uh, a lefty starter in the rotation. And the name is Naughty Fella. Naughty Fella. Where do you stand, Brian, on when people bring up advanced statistics? Because for me, I'm like, I'm half and half. I'll like, I'll look at them and use them as a tool to evaluate players, but it's not like the end all be all like it is for some people. And then there are some people that are just so out on it that call you a loser. If you even look at the advanced statistics, I try to be somewhere in the middle and use the eye test and the statistics. So like, where do you stand on that whole area of the game of baseball? I'm, I'm in, I'm in for it, but it's also like the, the people that are like, it's only advanced statistics, but then like throw batting average out of the window. Like, what are you talking about? Like if a guy's hitting three thirty, that's fantastic. I don't care what the advanced statistics say. So I'm a mix of both. Like, I, I don't know. Well, the reason I ask is because Mike Clevenger, who had a pretty awful start yesterday, was, you know, his expected ERA, I think they call it. It's like what your what your other things you do say your ERA should be. And you could, like, get lucky out of it not being as high, according to this yeah. metric. His expected ERA is over six. And so the advanced statistic people are predicting that like this big downfall is in store for Mike Clevenger. Do you buy that kind of stuff? I mean, uh, if they're just project, project, projecting a regression from him based off of his first start in Houston where he was lights out, yeah, that's going to happen. Mike Clevenger's not going to shut down lineups every single day. He gave up two home runs yesterday, and then he got in the third – he threw maybe – 800 pitches in that third inning. It took forever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could say that Lance Lynn's expected ERA is nine because he gets his dick blown off in the first inning every day. But then he settles in. So the, the stats are all going to be all jumbled up. None of it's going to make any sense. Just use the eye test. If Lance Lynn looks like the ha- how he has, chances are the White Sox aren't going to win many games when he's on the mound. If Lucas Giolito – I bet you the advanced statistics said Lucas Giolito – was going to stay bad, and then he went and almost threw a no-hitter. Like, it it makes absolutely no sense. It's all made up. Whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, and obviously I just hope, regardless of what any statistics say, the White Sox find ways to win. But if this team continues to kind of hover around 500 or be within five games of 500, not the worst. They're not the Oakland A's, right? But they're also, you know, so that far be from bad. being – Yeah, that that's like – they stink. They're about to get – sold or sent away they may not win 40 games but they bought the land in vegas so good for them i think 30 and 132 is their like on pace for right now obviously that's not like realistic because you can regress to the mean in a positive way too but yeah you know so but they're really bad and then you got teams like the Rays, who are so good 16 and three or whatever they are the yankees are obviously really good um if the white Sox are like a middle ground team probably not going to make a wild card team and it's obvious by late july are you a seller? If you're Rick Khan, do you move a whoever might be available? A I don't even know who, Tim Anderson, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, guys like that who might gain interest from other teams. I think you have to. Like if if we're not competing for the AL Central at least come the trade deadline, what do we do? Like unless you're just going to hold on to it again 
and then actually do something. Like if you're going to hold on to it and say, all right, we're going to go give Shohei Otani a billion dollars, then you keep everyone. But if you're not going to do that and you're just going to keep going, oh, we'll bring back Elvis Andrews on a one-year deal, and you're going to keep plugging second base that's been the problem for a decade, then sell everybody because you're not serious about winning like you said you were. Like That's evident, and it's a fact. And if they just want to keep pumping shit through the media that just propaganda that we're trying, no, you're not. So if you're actually, if you're actually going to try and you're going to say, oh, we're going to go give Shohei Otani the biggest contract in MLB history, then fine. But if you're not going to do that, then sell everybody and start over because this isn't working. Absolutely. I'm with you. And you spent the last couple of days with one of the better Cubs followers on Twitter.com. Obviously, Carl is outstanding and that man loves the Cubs. I think it's just so obvious just through reading his tweets and the blogs for all these years that he's an extremely big Cubs fan. What is your kind of takeaway from the Cubs start? I know you, I don't know if you like true you're against them or whatnot, but like what, what's going on with you with what's going on with the Cubs right now? Uh, I want them to lose every single game that they play. Uh, okay. The I'm at the, my like core friend group. There's like seven of us uh-huh. and the Cubs fans in the group chat so far. It's, I think it's, there's four Sox fans, three Cubs fans. So the Cubs fans have been talking that shit. And uh, they're insufferable, and they've been insufferable since opening day. And I want them to go on, like, the longest losing streak in MLB history just so they I don't receive any more text messages from them. Interesting. Uh, I think it's a fluke, all... too. I mean, they're playing the o- – you swept the Oakland A's. Congratulations. Like, I, they're going to yeah, regress, the and they're going to – they're not a good team. They're just not a good team. They're passionate. They try hard. I wish I wish we had guys like, like I've always said this. Give me nine Nicky Delmonicos and let's ride. Like give me somebody that wants to be there, somebody that's trying to be there, somebody has to be there to legit play well to save their job. Absolutely. Aldo puts and the in the Cubs chat. have those guys. Yeah, they they do, and they they play hard every single game. I like what David Ross has done as a manager so far in his uh, young managerial career. But you know, as Aldo says, do you agree with this? They need a new GM, not a total teardown. I don't think the GM matters with this team. I think no matter what, they're going to be handcuffed by the amount of money they're allowed to spend and all that. So, I mean, yeah, seller is and sell the team. Get, get a new owner. The only way this ever changes is new ownership. And we've seen it across the league as a whole. I mean, I, I'm not saying a guy like Steve Cohen needs to buy the White Sox because that's highly unlikely, but ever since – it's more like the Wilpons don't own the Mets anymore and they've all of a sudden risen to the top in terms of proper payroll usage and, you know, acting like a big market team, even though they're the second team in the city, similar situation to the White Sox. So hopefully that gets done. The, the, the Sox could have Theo Epstein right now. It's probably not going to, it's yeah. probably not going to be any better. The only way like the White Sox would be able to like really have sustained success. I think with Jerry as their owner as if they adopted some kind of like Billy bean or whatever's going on in Tampa Bay. Like even that like takes incredible amount of luck and skill that I just don't think the White Sox have. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell's going down in Tampa Bay scouting department, but they got to have the smartest people and the best baseball minds alive because the fact that they have this many good guys on zero Zero money contracts. It, I don't know, it makes no sense, but it is they're doing something right. They're doing something right. They sure are. Uh, Brian, I know you probably watch more baseball than just the White Sox, too, and obviously you're venturing into college baseball, but is there anything that go is going on around the league where you're like, that's must-see TV for me. I'm all in on this. It has nothing to do with the White Sox. What gets you going in terms of the baseball world right now? 
Uh, honestly, the Detroit Tigers. They're they're a scrappy bunch. They're a lot of fun. Um, if the White Sox keep this up, I, I could see us being behind them in the standings. Um, the, the Tigers. I mean, five in a row, three walk-offs, I think. It's it's incredible stuff. Yeah. Detroit's that, fun to watch. Other than that, Tampa. I mean, Tampa is just a bunch of just smart baseball players. Like, they just know what they're doing. They're talented. They're not making a bunch of money. They're just there to compete, and they do it every single day. It's unbelievable. Uh, I think Seattle's going to go on a run. I like Seattle a lot. Other than that, I mean, the Diamondbacks are electric. The Orioles are electric. These young these young teams are great. but uh, and, and the White Sox have lost that fire. So I like seeing the, uh, the dugout celebrations from the Orioles. I like seeing the, the young D-backs going out there and doing their thing. And I, I wish the White Sox could get some of that fire back. And there's a lot of dialogue, speaking of the D-backs, and Joe put it in the chat about Madison Bumgarner, like out on that guy coming to the White Sox, right? Or would you actually just want no, it? I mean, yeah, that'd be, what are we going to – we're going to bring Dallas Keuchel back? Like what do we do? Yeah. What would that do for us? Absolutely nothing. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm out on that idea as well. Um, and we kind of touched on Shohei Otani. You brought him up when talking about, like, if the White Sox don't trade everyone at the deadline, like, you better go out and make a move like that. As just a sports fan, do you get down with watching Shohei Otani as often as you can? Yes. I mean, it's must-see TV. I mean, if you're not – like, I got I got the MLB TV package. Like, if you're not tuning into every Shohei Otani start, there's something wrong with you. Because chances are he's going to do something magical. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so really quick before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, the Chicago Bears, they have the ninth overall pick next week, next Thursday. It's going to be interesting. Have you been keeping up with the NFL draft? You have a, have. a, a have. hope and dream and what you want. I know there's the Northwestern kid that might go in that range. They might take trade back and take somebody else, obviously. I kind of think from like 10 to 25, it could be kind of – you know, rotated between who goes where and one through 10 seem pretty locked up. What's your take right now? I mean, there's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of smoke screens going on there. there there's conflicting reports all over the place. Kaplan reported that uh, they're looking to trade out of nine. Uh, there was another guy today that said, don't sleep on Bijan Robinson to the bears at nine. Uh, Jalen Carter's still out there. I, I, I honestly don't think they can go wrong. Uh, at this point, like you could stay at nine, you could take Skronsky, you could take uh, you could take Jalen Carter. I'm fine with either one of those. If you take Bijan, that's uh, he's an electric guy, electric running back. But you always run the risk with running backs. Do we really need a running back right now? I'm I'm finally I'm perfectly fine going in with Juice. So I think our needs are the lines. So let's stick with the lines. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Brian, I can't thank you enough for joining our show. It has been an absolute pleasure. Why don't you take a minute or two here to promote what you got going on, tell people about what you want them to see, cue the motherfucking Blues Brothers, even though it's been cue landslide significantly more lately, what's going on in the world of Brian Knights in the uh, content department? I mean, yeah, if you guys know who I am, it's Brian Knights 3 on Twitter, the White Sox post games every single day, cue the motherfucking Blues Brothers. Those are the more fun ones to do. But yesterday, Q Landslide, we had a good rants. If you want to watch me get really angry at this team, tune in for the losses. I just put, I just started putting them on TikTok as well. We're trying to grow that. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it. It's the post games, uh, the college baseball stuff. Obviously, uh, hopefully that video should be coming out soon on our Mississippi State trip. A lot more. The Road Dogs will be back. The uh, Road Dog Bucket Boy 
Mississippi Delta College Baseball Pepper Trail. There will be a 2.0. So uh, stay tuned. The boys are – we're rolling. We're rolling. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Hopefully this team can figure it out because it's hard to grow when this team sucks. Yeah, it absolutely uh, – it is hard. And, you know, I'm a big fan of yours, and I can't thank you enough for coming on. And keep up the good contact because people are people are picking it up for you. And I'm, I'm extremely happy to see what has come for you in the last year or two, I would say. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me anytime. Love it. Thanks of for the course. support. Of course. We'll have you back at some point throughout the summer. Hopefully it's in better spirits when it comes to our favorite baseball team. But before that, we will like to send everybody to a quick commercial break. Come on, man. I, I, we're going to Baltimore. The Wire is the best show of all time. And I've never seen such riveting TV where I actually felt like I was in East and West Baltimore every single episode. And um, it was just absolutely riveting and captivating from season one all the way to season, you know, to it finished up. And I'd put your detective up there. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. I mean, come on. It was just so well shot, so well written, directed. Like, I I feel like it's underrated as far as that list goes. Really good. What I liked about him when I saw him in person at the East-West. So I think this kid gives you a lot of potential in terms of what you're looking for up front. I see him in the Bears offense as a Z or a slot receiver, not the X, because they want the real big guy playing the X. He could be sitting out there in the third round, and you could be getting a guy that could be your situational pass rusher. I think he's a perfect fit for what I've been told the Bears are looking for. This is my three techniques for the Bears, especially if you don't take a guy like Jalen Carter at the top of the draft. This would be a nice pickup. It's perfectly in the system. My gut feeling is this would not be a guy the Bears would take. It's a good name because that's a guy that I'm intrigued by. Obviously here with the, with the Bears, you know, defensive line, defensive front is, is a huge need. I think he's the best center in, in this draft. As you could see by all those great advertisements here on the Barroom Network, the draft is coming up, and there's a lot of great stuff that's going to be coming out in terms of content with this network, Um, not even just before the draft or during the draft, after the draft too, because then we're going to start thinking about, you know, how the selected players are going to fit into the organization and how it's going to impact what goes on with the team in the upcoming year. And can you put, can you put a future on the bears to win the NFC North next year? I think those are all things that are going to be on the table, especially if Rogers is out of green Bay, Minnesota regresses, Detroit's going to be a problem, but like, you know, are there enough of a problem where like we're worried about them in the long term? that remains to be seen. So I'm super excited about what we got going on here at the bar room network. Um, it's going to be a great time. And I've been covering the Chicago bears and the, Jacksonville Jaguars for fan sided with the draft and I got a lot more content coming out over the next week or so it's really going to ramp up too with the draft being within a week now as of today so 
that's extremely exciting. I'm rooting for all of these young men who are going to be drafted to go on to have good careers, even if they're drafted by my stinky rivals that I don't like. It's just a, a happy time of year where, yeah, it's about football too, but it's also about watching people realize their dreams and we all want to realize our dreams. So it's going to be super fun. And I literally cannot wait for next Thursday. It is going to be outstanding. And the Barroom Network is the place to be in addition to reading all my stuff where you can find it below. So you know, great, great time. And thank you very much to Brian Knights for coming on to our show, talking a little bit about the draft as well. That was really cool. And then telling us about the pepper trail with Carl going to Mississippi to discuss some college baseball and, you know, things going on with the Chicago White Sox, a little bit of analysis on the Chicago Cubs too, who Brian confirmed he roots against them every single game. Very, very funny. Um, You know, just great baseball conversation there. And, Happy to have him on. We'll have him back again some point this season. Um, baseball. Wow. What a world it is right now. You look up and down the standings, and you're like, well, this season's not really going according to plan. Minnesota leads the AL Central with an 11-7 and record. Um, the White Sox are only four and a half games out, right? Like, you know, it, they've been so bad. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and they still could find a way to get hot here. And I know it's going to be hard in April. And they strike me as a team where if they are going to be good by the end of the year competing for the AL Central, they kind of just got to tread water here in April because they're so injured again and they're playing Tampa Bay and Toronto over the next nine games. Those are two extremely good teams. And every team in the AL East is over 500 except the Red Sox, who are 9 and 10, so one game under. And you're playing two of those three top dogs in that division over the next nine games, six of them on the road, Tampa Bay and then Toronto. And then you come back home to play the Rays again. That's tough. And, you know, you got other teams in the, you know, American league that are on fire. Obviously the Texas Rangers are the surprise. I mean, Tampa Bay being 16 and three and starting 11 and or whatever it was, was also a surprise, but like Tampa Bay is always good. The Texas Rangers are always bad and they're 12 and six. They're eight and two in their last 10, four game winning streak probably the second best team in the American league right now behind Tampa. And when you think about some of the additions they made in the off season, the last two off seasons, two off seasons ago, it was Corey Seager and Semyon. this off season. It was DeGrom and Eovaldi and it has worked out well for them. So um, it's been fun to watch. And another surprise team in a negative way is the Phillies, the team, the white Sox just lost two out of three against Philly was they're They're in trouble. They're 8-11. and 11. They just won two of their last three against the White Sox, and they're still 8-11. and 11. Now, they did start 0-4 and, and are – I believe that means they are 6-5 and five since, which it's an improvement. They're, they got a long way to go before they're competing with the Braves for the top of the division again. But they are the defending National League champions, so we'll see if they're able to kind of keep that up a little bit. Obviously, the Braves at 14-5 and five, and then the Mets at 12-7. and seven. The Miami Marlins at 10-9. and nine all ahead of the Phillies right now. So it's going to take a hot minute for Philly to kind of get things going. We'll see if they're able to take this uh, series over the White Sox and stun some people. Obviously in the American League West, the Arizona Diamondbacks, Brian Knight's touched on it. Super electric team, keeping the Dodgers and Padres out of first place. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 11 and eight. Meanwhile, the Padres and the Dodgers are nine and 10 and nine and 11 respectively. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see that uh, National League West. It's normally the best division in the National League, except the problem is the Diamondbacks are normally one of those teams at the bottom of that really good division. So we'll see if they're able to sustain it. I'm not sure a lot of people believe they will. You look at the Colorado Rockies, though, 5-14. and 14. What was Chris Bryant thinking? I mean, I know he wanted money and probably didn't want to be too much in the spotlight anymore. He just wants to play some baseball, I guess. I guess, but I would take a serious pay cut and play for a winning franchise because a pay cut in baseball, you're still a millionaire. And it's just one of those things. I can't believe the Rockies locked him up. They locked themselves into that contract too. Uh, Just to be bad, two and eight in their last 10. They've lost eight in a row, um, five and 14. It just makes no sense to me. Um, I can't really understand what that franchise is doing, but – We'll see what happens. Uh, Bryant last week hit his first home run at Coors as a member of the Rockies. He's been with the team for over a year. So uh, it's so shocking that it took that long for that to be the case too. But then you come over to the division that will probably gain some interest in the Chicagoland area. Of course, it's the National League Central. The Chicago Cubs are 11-6. and Now, they're not in first place. They're two games behind the 14-5 and Milwaukee Brewers. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are 12-7, and seven, not a bad record themselves. They're tied with the Cubs for two games out of the division. They've obviously played a couple less games, which is why they are where they are in the standings. But the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that was picked by many, including myself, to win the NL Central, 8-11. 8-11, six games out. You're six games out already. It's the end of April. They better figure it out soon because you can't win a division in April, but you can lose one. So, you know, the Cardinals, they're going to be trying to figure that out. They're only a game or they're only a half game ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, who are portrayed by many to be the worst team in the National League. I don't think they're the worst team in the National League. I think either the Rockies or the Nationals are, who are the only team I didn't touch when we talked about the East, the Nationals. But that's where I'm at on the National League. And then you go over to the American League. We touched on it all already. So the the only thing I look at that A's team. The Oakland A's, man, they're 3-16, and 16, a 158 winning percentage. They are nine and a half games out of first place on April 20th. It is just unbelievable how bad they are. And it came out really late last night, like really late. I'm talking like one in the morning I saw the news break that the Oakland A's are potentially being shipped to Las Vegas because the franchise bought property in Vegas. And Frankie Mueller made a good point to me on our hockey show. I wonder if it's going to be a dome because of how hot it gets in Vegas in the middle of the summer. It's pretty different than an NFL team being there because even though it's pretty warm year round, it gets really hot in the summertime. So I, I, it's very interesting what's going to happen with the A's, but they are hashtag not good. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it with the standings up to this point. The Arizona Diamondbacks have DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. That's the big news today. Obviously, Bumgarner is a three-time World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants. He was a huge part of their success as the ace of their rotation in the years where they were winning three World Series in a span of six years. It was magnificent stuff. But I don't know if his career is over. I wrote a blog about it for SouthsideShowdown.com right before coming live. No, no, no to bringing him to the Chicago White Sox. They don't need any sort of problem like that. Um, Bumgarner's not a good pitcher anymore. They should really, truly want nothing to do with a guy like that. So 
I, I would not bring in any regressing upper 30s pitchers. That's just not where I would go at all. It should be something that is considered um, not in the cards for the White Sox. And the fact that we even have to have this conversation kind of bugs me, but the White Sox have been known to bring in guys like that. No. No, no, no. We want nothing to do with that. Keep Madison Bumgarner's self out of here. We're already expecting a major decline from Clevenger and Lance Lynn stinks. And we don't know how long Giolito is going to keep up his good play. Michael Kopech's a question mark. And then Dylan Cease is a superstar. But, you know, outside of him, it's you don't need any more issues. So that's it for baseball on our show today. I can't thank Brian Knights enough for coming on and talking about all the things baseball with us. And tonight on the Barroom Network, you're going to want to tune into a couple of our shows. Um, at 6 p.m., it's the Mac and Reed Show. They both have ideas on who the Bears are likely to draft in round number one. And they will debate who is the greatest rapper of all time. Who is the greatest rapper of all time? There are a lot of people that would claim multiple different people. I don't even want to get into that because there are way too many to name. I'm not smart enough to even participate in a conversation like that but at 8 30 draft on tap danny and neil are going to be going on to evaluate three promising pass rushers who come with flaws and a lot of justin fields talk so obviously danny and neil two of the best at evaluating prospects and you know what goes on with the nfl draft so i actually highly recommend both of these shows draft on tap is going to be wonderful and i hope everybody checks out the shows here on the Barroom Network as we prepare for draft week. And if you're looking for a little bit of hockey conversation, I know not everyone here watching this is probably a New Jersey Devils fan, but that's the team I cover um, along with the Blackhawks. And we had Bardown talking hockey earlier today, and we went through every playoff series and where they stand up to this point. You could find it at the Barroom Network's Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, all of it. I shared it on Facebook. You can follow me at Vinny Parisi. They took my blue check mark away. Thanks, Elon. Um, um, <laughs> and yeah, tonight, the pregame show at five o'clock. I think it's actually going to be 445 Central. So you'll be able to be done in time watching that in order to get to the Mac and Reed show. Um, we'll be doing game day live, previewing the game between the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers, one of the more compelling series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll be back next Wednesday here on the Barroom Network to talk about all what's going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. There will probably be a couple series that are done. There will probably be a couple preparing for a game six or a game seven. Truly, truly exciting stuff. And I'll be back also on Monday night with Joe Mandel and – Steven Zim Zimmerman as we get you ready for the South Burbs Hitmen talking White Sox in great depth and very much looking forward to that as well. So I can't thank everybody enough for listening. Brian Knights for joining the show. I will see you guys on Monday. Make sure you tune in tonight. Mac and Reed. Another. And dra draft on tap at 8.30. And as always, thank you for listening. QOB1 Kenobi. Another happy landing.